Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hi everyone, it's Claire O'Shea here and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. On today's show, we have the brilliant Olivia Modecater of Dance Ed Tips. Olivia is a New Jersey-based dance educator that teaches in all teaching settings, higher education, PK-12 schools and private studios. She's the founder of Dance Ed Tips, which provides dance educators in all sectors with the tools, strategies and tips to make every dance class more effective, more impactful and more in line with pedagogical theory. So a little more about Olivia. Olivia serves on the faculty of the dance department at Rutgers University, supervising graduate student teaching interns and teaching several courses at the undergraduate and graduate level. Olivia has presented on dance education at various conferences, including New Jersey Association for Health, Physical Education, Recreation and Dance Conference, New Jersey Charter Schools Conference and at the National Dance Education Organization Conference. Her high quality teaching has earned her several recognitions, including 2012 Nancy Higginson Door Award, 2012 New Jersey Distinguished Student Teacher Award, and 2013 Union County Superintendent Round Tables Teacher Excellence Award. Olivia is presently on the board of Dance New Jersey as an advisor to the Education Committee. Professionally, Olivia has performed in various music videos, including Broadway for Orlando, Guilty by Time Flies, and Proof by Giselle Bellis. She performed the works of Mark Morris, Urban Bushwomen, Doug Elkins, Lauren Connolly, Randy James, and many others. She also has several musical theatre credits, including Legally Blonde, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Singing in the Rain, and The Producers. Olivia is also the founder and CEO of Dance Ed Tips. Olivia recognises that dance educators tackle big issues in their classrooms every single day. And Dance Ed Tips was created to help teachers refine their methods so that they can create the most well-rounded and skilled dancers possible. It is Dance Ed Tips' mission to teach useful strategies that make your class a place where students can learn, grow and move with the same enthusiasm and energy that you teach with. Within Olivia's program, she provides one-on-one curriculum consulting for studio owners, workshops for teachers who want to improve students' dance technique and a dance ed TPA boot camp and so much more. So I'm so excited to interview Olivia today. So let's dive straight into the episode. Okay, so thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Olivia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. So I've already read your amazing bio to our audience, but you know, it was a little bit about your background and your business, which is Dance Ed Tips. But can you share a bit more about your background and how Dance Ed Tips came to be? Yeah, of course. Um, I have basically been dancing my whole life. I've been dancing ever since I can remember, actually. And While I was growing up dancing in my local studio, I've always assisted and helped out with teachers. And then when I finally became old enough, got my own classes there. So I've been kind of teaching for for a long time. And my love for teaching really kind of blossomed in college. So I actually work at Rutgers University now, and that's where I graduated from. And while I was there, they actually started a dual degree program where you could get a BFA in dance and a master's degree in dance education. 
So when I was there, I was really interested and ended up being part of the first cohort of teachers to graduate from those two programs. Mm -hmm. So I began teaching a lot. And as you've shared with your listeners, I was teaching in lots of different places with lots of different students. And the thing I kind of noticed is that teaching dance can be kind of isolating. You know, if you teach in a public school, you're the only dance teacher in your building or sometimes even in that town. And even in studios, even though there's other dance teachers around you, sometimes you still can feel like you can't go to someone because they're, you know, busy with their own classes and that kind of thing. So, you know, as I've been teaching and kind of moving through all these different places, I keep kind of having the same conversations with my dance teacher friends, which is like, we need something where like, we can all kind of get together and share what we do best and, you know, figure out each other's strategies so that all our classrooms can be a lot better. And I kind of started looking into it and I found things like yours, right? Business of dance. And a lot of people share resources on, on that aspect of dance, which is really, really important. And when I started looking at the pedagogy side, I only saw stuff for ballet, really, like how to teach ballet better. And, you know, I don't just teach ballet and a lot of my dance teacher friends don't just teach ballet either. You know, we teach jazz, we teach modern, we teach dance history, you know, um, kinesiology, all that kind of thing. And there wasn't really a place for us to kind of talk about those strategies and help each other out. So that's kind of why I created Dance at Tips. And I just kind of felt like we needed to band together and, and really all get better and kind of refine our teaching together. So that's kind of how it kind of came to be. And I started it last summer and it just kind of started gaining traction and it kind of has developed into what it is now. Amazing. And yeah, like you said, even in a situation where there are other dance teachers, it is still isolating because tech, like a lot of the time you kind of just like passing ships in the night, like you see each other, you might have a quick wave, but you're, you know, getting the students into classes and there's not a lot of time to sit down and really just discuss curriculum and pedagogy and all of those things. So it's super, I think, fantastic that there is resources out there like this that people can refer to or get more advice on, which is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You have, sometimes you even have like the same kids or you're still not having those conversations with people. So Mm. yeah. Absolutely. And you know, a lot, not a lot, but some teachers who really are inspired to teach and they love teaching, they, they often go down the studio owner route, but what inspired you to steer away from like the traditional brick and mortar style, having like your own studio and then Mm -hmm. versus sort of now teaching other dance educators? Well, I'm probably, I think you can probably agree with me that you're really busy, right? Like I think all dance teachers wear so many hats and are just like teaching at all these places and are involved in so many projects. And so in our downtime, you know, we don't always have the energy to like focus on our pedagogy and improve those skills, right? We don't want to sit down in our free time and read this long lengthy article, even though there's lots of great information in there, we don't want to like take time to dissect that. Or, you know, it takes a lot of money to go back to school and kind of focus on the, on the dance pedagogy stuff. Yeah. Or it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I kind of wanted to do in building dance ed tips is to kind of give these small nuggets of advice and strategies that are packed with a big punch, you know, Mm. that, you can 
still get better at your teaching, but in a way that's really quick and effective. So all the kind of services I offer and programs I do and all the content I create is really focused on what's quick and effective and you can use in your classroom right away. Like you don't have to think yeah. about the application and like process it and digest it. Like you grab and go, you know, and you mm. keep moving on with your life and your classroom just keeps getting better. So, you know, technology kind of has lended itself to me kind of giving my tips through the internet and different, you know, mm. modalities that way. Um, so that's kind of how it transformed to be what it is. Yeah. Amazing. And again, I think it's uh, sort of from what I see, there is, like you said, a lot of resources for studio owners as well, which is great, but there, I think there is less for dance teachers. So I think there is a big, you know, there's a big need for something like this, which is wonderful. Yeah, totally. And, you know, with keeping this in mind, like you said, you have, you know, you work with clients, you have programs and things. Do you notice, is there a big problem that you see currently or is there an issue that people are having that keeps popping up currently that you feel your business provides a solution to or even just something that you notice that everyone is sort of struggling with at the moment? Yeah, um, there's there's kind of one thing and mm. it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but mm. dance teachers often teach how they were taught. Yeah. And so, you know, if you had really fabulous teachers who use really progressive methods and that kind of thing, you know, a lot of that will seep into your own classroom. But there's other strategies that aren't as effective or there's just been better ways that have been developed. And so sometimes we don't think about why we teach a certain way. We just kind of do it because we're like, oh, well, my teacher taught me that way. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I think what I do with dance at tips is I kind of provide a lens or like a topic for people to self assess their teaching. Right. So mm -hmm. like a couple of weeks ago, for instance, I did this whole kind of theme of classroom management and I did a blog post on how there's four different types. And a lot of people were writing to me like, Oh, I didn't even know there were all these types. And like, I didn't realize that I kind of fall into this category. And then they were like reading about how to be of a more of an authoritative classroom mm -hmm. manager. And so I think dance ed tips kind of helps you take a second and be like, Oh, okay, well, do I, do I want to keep that in my teaching practice? Is that most effective? Or can mm -hmm. I add something to my classroom that's going to make everything just run more smoothly and my kids are going to learn faster and just become better dancers and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's, it's great to teach how you were taught, but sometimes it can, it can stop us from adding new you know, exciting and better strategies in our classroom. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is um, particularly, like you said, you know, possibly for those that have done like a full on education degree or something, I think those things are kind of addressed and are a bit more um, laid out. But a lot of dance teachers, you know, go from being in the classroom to then teaching in the classrooms themselves. And particularly if they had a good experience, like you said, it's they're more likely to want to try and replicate how they were taught, but it's so wonderful as well to then identify, okay, I'm, I'm this type of teacher, but if I add this element that I could be, you know, this much more effective. So that's really exciting. And, um, in, yeah, it's, it's, there's so much information out there, like you said, and obviously you're providing it too, but, uh, yeah, I think when it is sort of easy to, um, read or listen to or absorb, then that information gets out there so much quicker, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Now that was sort of a bit, not a negative, but that's sort of like an issue that you see that's coming up, but do you see any like positive changes at the moment or is there any like positive teaching practice if you, you've really noticed in our industry that are coming up or one that you're really trying to advocate more of? Yeah, I, I'm really lucky. I um, teach at Rutgers University in, in the dance department and I mm-hmm. teach a lot of the education classes and I'm just always like, blown away every semester by my students. They're just really incredible people. And I've been noticing over the last couple of years, they're, they're becoming so sensitive and thoughtful and they're, they're developing like lessons and units that are really connected to things that are happening in the community. Mm-hmm. And they're really beginning to teach for social justice. And wow it's not just teaching, like they're not just teaching to teach a tanu, you know what I mean? They're not just teaching dance history. They're making these really deep and nuanced connections between what's happening globally and in our local community with what's happening in the dance classroom. And they're making these really kind of deep connections and using dance as a vessel to begin these conversations about these important topics. And Every, every semester, I'm just like floored by them. I'm like, I don't even know how you guys think up of this stuff, you know, and it, it makes me better. It makes me think about how I'm teaching them and how I'm teaching in other areas of my life. And um, that's just something that's kind of happening with this millennial generation. They really have a global awareness that's really remarkable. Wow, that's that's amazing. That makes me feel so positive about the future yeah, right? and all of our educators. That's so lovely. I really, I love hearing that because I think that, you know, sometimes, well, for studio owners or for teachers as well, you can kind of get in a bit of a rut. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I've got to go to class. You know, we've got to get through this work. You know, we've got to get that routine done for the performance and things. But I think we can have such a, a bigger impact and teach in a way, like you said, that does have social significance as well, which is really exciting. Yeah, totally. Now, in relation to people coming to you for help in, with their curriculum and things like that, you know, sort of piggybacking off our last question, do you find there is a pattern or there's certain issues that occur for dance educators when they first come to you for help? Is there like one thing that people are always asking you? Yes. <laughs> there's the thing with dance teachers is that we have this like superpower where we notice everything, you know, we Mm -hmm. see when kids are like not pointing their feet and not using their core and not, you know, cleaning up all their lines. So we notice all these things. And then we, when we're teaching, we say it to the kids all at once. (laughs) And so what happens is we begin to have what I call this like potpourri style of teaching where it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then by the end, our main intention has kind of gotten lost because we notice all these other things and we want to fix everything at once. You know, we're just Mm -hmm. like that. We're all perfectionists like that. So, you know, I'm actually holding a workshop this summer where I'm kind of focusing on this issue because it is something that people come to me a lot for. And it's basically figuring out how to streamline how you teach technique. You know, really thinking about what is my intention? What is the most foundational thing that my students need to know? And how do I, over the next couple of weeks, really focus and hone in on that? Like, how do I design all my lessons around this particular theme? How do I give feedback that the majority of the time pertains to this theme? Because once that starts to happen and you really focus in, your students get to actually really apply the skills for that particular topic. Like, say, it's for, you know, pulling up in their core. Mm. 
Mm. If you really focus on that and streamline your lessons and really kind of narrow in versus necessarily addressing all those other issues, their technique is going to improve so much more quickly than if you're kind of jumping around and trying to address all these other things at once. So that's kind of a big thing that I kind of see and people kind of ask me advice for and I kind of reel them in, (laughs) you know, Mm. and say, you know, if you kind of logically plan out your year, even in a studio, I do this all the time, you know, if you plan out your year and really focus on those steps, the technique is just going to like skyrocket because they're actually, you know, focusing on that one Mm. thing that you want them to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And I, I I kind of thought people would be asking you like, (laughs) I'm a very visual person. And like I spoke to you a little bit earlier before we started the call, um, I have been, you know, critiquing our own curriculum at the studio. And one of the main hurdles I had when I first started was I wasn't sure how, how I would make it look, how would I present the information rather than the content, which is ridiculous, but it's just one of those, that was like a a main hurdle for me, but it's good to hear that other people are a bit more advanced (laughs) in their concerns. That's exciting. (laughs) Well, you know, I think also people need to realize they can have their own method of doing it. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be my way, you know, whatever sense, you know, way makes sense to them is okay. As long as they, you know, they see a progression and they, they understand their method. So I think there's a lot of pressure that it just needs to be right, but you know, what's right is what works for you. So it it kind of alleviates some of that, that pressure. Absolutely. And with that in mind, what is your favorite part for you personally about teaching and working with other dance educators? Like what's, what's the most fulfilling for you? I, I really like the community that's kind of Mm. beginning to be built around dance ed tips. You know, at first it was a lot of the, the dance people that I know in my, in my vicinity, in my area. And in such a short amount of time, I've gotten to know people like you and people from Malaysia and and people from all over the world that are really committed to teaching dance. Mm -hmm. And that's just been really rewarding knowing that there's so many people out there that have the same mission as, as I do, because Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know how it is in Australia, but in, in the U S you know, dance out of all the art forms is kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. And so, you know, we need to kind of band together in order to make sure that dance gets to everyone and that everyone has access Mm -hmm. to dance. So this community that we're building really feels like we're kind of linking arms and saying, you know, you need to pay attention to dance. Like dance is important. Dance Mm -hmm. teaches life skills, you know. So the community that's been built, building around this has just been really awesome. And I'm learning so much from other people, you know, like, I'll be the first to say I do not have all the answers, you know? Yeah. Um, no one does I, though. I think that's silly when people claim to have yeah. all the answers. <laughs> yeah. There's so much I don't know. And I'm, that's mm. like the thing I'm most sure about, <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, every day, you know, I'm, people are messaging me or writing comments or people that I work with. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, can I steal that? Because that's like fabulous. You know, I, mm. I want to embed that in my own teaching. So I've, I'm just constantly learning with everybody, which is, which is really fun. Yeah, that is amazing. And again, something that is so wonderful, like the technology that can really essentially like open up the world, I guess. Like it would be, we were saying earlier, it would be almost impossible like 10 years ago to have this good connection with all of my equipment that I'm recording with. And it's just so simple. So it's, it's such a blessing. 
Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're not teaching others, do you have a favorite age group that you enjoy teaching the most? I, I do love teaching all ages. I do. I really genuinely um, love teaching different types of people. And I think every age group has kind of their fun little quirk about them. Uh, I do have a sweet spot and a soft spot for seven and eight year olds. I do <laughs> think they're really sweet because they're kind of growing out of that baby stage, you know, mm. and they, um, they, ha- they begin to have a, a sense of humor and they like understand sarcasm, which I tend to embed a lot in my teaching. I don't know how great that is, but it's there. And you can see, you know, those little wheels churning in their head and then the light bulb goes off and they're like, oh wait, that's funny. Like you made a joke. So they're really great. And I think um, they're a great age also to kind of build sound technique with, Mm. you know, I think you can, if you can teach them at that age, the correct way, you know, to have rotation and to find their core alignment and to use their eyes and use their apical mouth. It's just so much easier in the future because you're just not, you don't have to undo anything because they're learning it the right way the first time. Yeah. So, um, I, I really love that age and I always try to ask studio owners to teach that age if I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is a fun age, but um, yeah, they are funny. And like you said, they're starting to understand like little jokes and stuff, which is very sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So kind of moving away a bit more from that, uh, as you may know, or as our listeners probably know, I'm a little bit obsessed with technology. So, you know, as a fellow business coach and, you know, educator, do you have any favorite tools or you're a fan of anything for your business or is there any particular tech tools that you recommend every teacher or studio owner needs to have or use? For my business side, I'm kind of not, not super fancy. I love good sales spreadsheet. Um, I tend to use a lot of those in my own personal business. And I think what people don't realize is that there's a lot of shortcuts in Excel that make things so much easier. Like there's so Mm. many hidden little knacks in there that make it a really useful tool. Um, Mm. But teaching wise, I use Twisted Wave for my music. Have you ever heard of that? No, I don't think so. It's awesome. It's, it's an app for iPads and um, phones. And mm. it's so great because you can like really zoom into the music. So when I cut my music, I can get it at like the exact millisecond I want. So it always sounds like really clean and mm. um, precise. So I've, I've, I'm a big fan of that. And I always tend to recommend that to people because people tend to mm. ask, you know, how they cut yeah. their music. Mm. And then a teachery thing that I that I use is called Kahoot. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it, but I'm not exactly sure what its use is, but I have heard of it. Yes. It's a, basically a website where you can build a quiz and it's cool because you can like embed a video in there and photos uh, and that kind of thing. But then your students, they get on their technology, like their phone or their iPad or whatever, their computer. And basically the questions are timed and on their phone, they click whatever they think the answer is. And Mm. so Kahoot keeps track. So there's like a scoreboard. And after every question, they tell you which of the students are the top three and have the most points. So it's kind of like a fun little competitive Mm. thing and kind of fun to like switch it up. Um, Maybe especially for a studio owner for like a camp or something, if they wanted to do dance trivia or that kind of thing, it's kind of a fun little. Yeah. I, I know, I remember I heard it now because my partner is a high school maths and science teacher. Yes. So he, he uses it to try and add an element of fun and the kids get like super into it. 
and it's like a really great way for him to kind of check comprehension of knowledge and stuff, which is super fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. And especially the video piece is mm. great for us. Cause we can, yeah. you know, I, I'll slap a 30 second video in there and then, you know, have the kids kind of analyze it and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's fun. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. And now call me nosy, but I really like to sort of <laughs> know different things that different business owners and house studio owners tend to work as well. So can you run us through a typical day for you or, or what even is, is, is there even such a thing as a typical day for you? <laughs> There is not such a thing as a difficult day for me, unfortunately, because <laughs> um, I am involved in a lot, a lot of things. Mm. I, um, I actually work for a, a non-dance business part-time, so I do, mm-hmm. I do some of that. Um, I work a lot on that in the mornings, and I also do a lot of my dance ed tip stuff in the mornings. That tends mm-hmm. to be my, my good creative time. Yeah. Um, I'm also starting a dance program in a K-12 school. So I spend a lot of my afternoons there teaching and kind of laying a foundation for a K-12 program. In the evenings, I'm usually at Rutgers teaching. I teach one to two courses per semester, so I'm there quite a few nights a week. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, I am the company manager of Moving Youth Dance Company, which is like a gifted and talented program uh, for eight to 18-year-olds. So... I'm kind of everywhere all the time. Um, and there's no, there's no day that's quite, there's no day that's quite the same, but you know, it's all good stuff that I really, really like. So I really can't complain. Well, that's amazing. You sound very busy though, but that's exciting to have such a, a varied day and a varied business. Yes. I'm never home. (laughs) My husband will (laughs) tell you I'm never home. (laughs) But He's fine with it. He can get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. That's exciting. So that is so awesome. And I'm really excited that you've joined us today. And thank you so much for sharing all of those tips. But if our um, listeners want to get in touch with you, you know, where can they find you or if they're, if they're requiring your services, where's the best place to find you? Best place to start is my website, which is www.danceedtips.com. I'm on most social media handles to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Dance Ed Tips. And, you know, even though I'm in New Jersey, I'm definitely obviously available to work with anyone through FaceTime and Skype and that kind of thing. And I'm having an in-person workshop actually this summer, July 28th in New York City from 1230 to 3:30. And I'm going to be focusing in on that technique stuff that I was talking about earlier about really Mm. streamlining technique and building really effective exercises that kind of focus on one thing. So virtually or, or in person, I'm, I'm available. (laughs) Very exciting. Yeah. And so I highly encourage everybody to go and check out Olivia's website. Like she said, it's at danceedtips.com. And you also have a mailing list where you got, you send like a, a really great and usable download is it each each month or yep is each it month. each month yes i had um the most the recent one that i got which was about choreography for students when they're creating new choreography i my kids loved it and it was really helpful so i really encourage everybody to jump on that there's some amazing free resources free resources that you offer as well which is so so wonderful yeah. Well, I'm glad that you used it. That's, that's really nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, my kids actually this term or this semester at dance have to create a piece of choreography for their exam. So really trying to, you know, in, 
go over all of the elements that we like to in, involve, but not, um, try not trying not to give them exactly obviously what they need to do because it needs to be their own piece. So it was a really great way to show them structure and, you know, different things to think about. So thank you for that. That was wonderful. Yeah, no problem. No problem. That sounds really fun. A fun yeah. challenge to make a dance. That's great. It is a very fun challenge and the kids, <laughs> some kids love it, some not so much, but I definitely think it's beneficial. So thank you so much for joining us today, Olivia. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.